Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. Blow up. You already know. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, senior NFL draft analyst at thedraftnetwork.com, USA Today's managing editor of DolphinsWire.com, and it's Power to the Pod time, which means it's your show today. I am, strictly speaking, along for the ride. So, as we get ready to dig into these fan questions do want to acknowledge one bit of news that came out yesterday. Uh, And it's something that we've explored on this show. That's the luxury of exploring everything is inevitably you won't be blindsided by anything. Omar Kelly of the Sun Sentinel reported yesterday that the Miami Dolphins are exploring the prospect of trading up from the 18th overall pick, not the fifth overall pick, but the 18th pick which we, as Dolphins fans, should celebrate because that comes at a diminished cost for a trade-up potential versus trading up from 5 to 3 or 2 or 4 or whatever it would cost. Miami stays pat at 5, and they trade up from 18. You can get to 7. You can get to 9. You can get to 10. Those are, and you can get to 13. Those are all perceived picks that are available for trade. So, which offensive tackle do you want? Or, alternatively, which offensive tackle are you going to take at five? And <laughs> which quarterback do you want to make sure you get uh, later in the queue? Uh, Omar Kelly wrote. The Miami Dolphins are aggressively working to move up in the first round of this week's NFL draft, but it's not the number five pick that general manager Chris Greer is trying to prove upon, according to league sources. Dolphins have had preliminary discussions about moving up from the 18th pick with the goal of putting the franchise in position to land one of the four top offensive tackles in the draft. Those four offensive tackles being Georgia's Andrew Thomas, Louisville's Mekhi Becton, Iowa's Tristan Wirfs, and Alabama's Jedrick Wills. We should be stoked. Here, Uh, this is, in my humble opinion, the best course of action for Miami. You could feasibly get from 18 to 10 for the cost of 56 and something else. Cleveland's going to ask you for 39 if you try and get up to 10. Understandably so. There's there's leveraging back and forth. Uh, But if the Cleveland Browns... Alternative, the Cleveland Browns wanted to acquire Trent Williams, the offensive tackle from Washington, who's available via trade. Getting an extra second-round pick would be a huge boom for them because that would get this deal done. So Cleveland can win in trading back from 10 to 18, picking up 56, trading 56 to Washington for Trent Williams. Miami gets up to 10 to get an offensive tackle that they like. They are less of a win-here-and-now type of team. The Cleveland Browns have had their eyes set on Trent Williams for quite some time. Hypothetically, that's how this could work. Of course, Jacksonville at 9 is another team to watch. 
Carolina at seven is the big wild card as far as a team that might be willing to get out. But that's that's going to be the challenge for Miami in their efforts to trade up is there are a slew of teams that are looking to move out and probably a slew of teams that would be happy to jump up in the order Denver Broncos for a Henry Ruggs, Philadelphia Eagles for a wide receiver, another offensive tackle-hungry team looking to get in front of the Dolphins and Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 14. The Buccaneers themselves at 14 would probably be interested in moving up. It's going to be messy. But we now have a formal report that indicates the Miami Dolphins have it on their radar. They're interested in doing it on their radar and making a move happen. And we should be excited to see it materialize. The only question now is, does this get finalized before the draft? Because a lot of indications from GMs suggest that if they're going to have a deal done, they want it done before they come on the clock because of the virtual component of this year's NFL draft. Onward and upward. We're going to move on to power to the pod. Taking your questions, your feedback. We got some good ones today. We got a lot of questions this week. Uh, First one comes from Horace, who is a new listener. Horace, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Eight picks in the top 100 is his question. I'm a diehard Finns fan from Miami, currently living in Seattle. Do you think we could trade more of the late round picks to select more impactful players in the top 100? Yes, this is the other component of the Dolphins' current situation that I think needs to be uh, addressed as far as trading up and down the board. Um, The trade value chart is a very useful tool. DraftTech.com is the one that I typically go to. Uh, But Miami picks six times in the top 70 and zero times in the next 70 picks. They then subsequently have 141, 153, 154, 173, 185, 227, 246, and 251. Anything beyond the sixth round pick is almost of no value as far as trade value pieces. But you could take 141 and you could pair it with 153. And hypothetically, the point value of that could be enough to get you up into the top 120. You would have to give up a 2021 pick of sizable value, probably a third-round pick, to get back into the third round and back into the top 100. So right now Miami has six top 100 picks. Getting to eight would be a challenge unless they traded down, which will be even more of a challenge because the Dolphins are currently talking about trading up from 18. So do I think they will eventually end up having eight top 100 picks, as, as Horace asks. Uh, no, I think that's that would have to be a lot of wheeling and dealing down the board, and I don't think they quite have the ammunition without giving 2021 picks to get back up the board. If there's a player that they love, maybe, but I don't think they'll get to eight. Uh, feedback from Dan's The Man 13. Props, excellent name. Love the pod and all the work you do. Your content has kept me sane throughout the last two months. Of all the rumors I've heard, the Dolphins' on passing on five has to be the most far-fetched. I definitely agree with you that if there's a QB you trade up from 18-4, you might as well just take him at five. Yes. Passing on a QB with their first pick just makes this draft so unnecessarily difficult for the Dolphins. I think Greer and company are pretty smart, so I do not believe they are seriously considering this. I would say yes, but at the same time, if I was going to try and put it, we dedicated yesterday to this, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but 
If you were going to frame it to be a good thing for Miami, would it not be that this team has learned its lesson from the Ryan Tannehill era and wants to build an identity of a roster that is going to best put a quarterback, a young quarterback, in a position to be successful? If I were going to take the silver lining in passing on a quarterback at five and getting one later and letting the rest of the league make some decisions for me regarding quarterbacks, I might uh, covet equally. That's what I. That's how I would take it. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I would be stunned, and I would be real anxious until that quarterback's in the boat. <laughs> Big E. Uh, my brother asked me who the best Dolphins fan or analyst is, who also happens to be uh, a Dolphins fan. And I said, I got crabs. Kyle, that is. Sorry to hear about your crabs. How comparable, this is from Johnson at AOL, how comparable is Xavier McKinney's skill set to Minka in RD? You watch a lot of film in every position on defense, so what exactly do you look for while watching a game in real time, both offense and defense? Two good questions from Johnson. Uh, as far as Xavier McKinney, McKinney is not quite as dynamic as or explosive. I'll say this, he's a better tackler than Minka, and it's not close. I can't be the only one that enjoyed seeing Minka get ragdolled against San Francisco this year, right? That picture of him with his heels up above his eyes uh, is excellent. <laughs> Minka struggled with tackling in 2018 to his rookie in Miami. Um, probably not as polished as Minka was in man coverage in the slot, not as dynamic in the single high roll, uh, better stepping down into the box, being a run fill and an alley defender, better tackler. Those are, and he, he's got comparable instincts. So that's where I would put those two. Hard to go wrong with those two guys. Um, question from Solo. So, lifetime Dolphins fan, I enjoy and recommend these podcasts for Dolphins fans. Uh, Locked on Dolphins and Drive Time. Yes, absolutely. Travis doing great stuff over Drive Time. Uh, after listening to each podcast, I feel like the a subject matter expert on my favorite team. But my question is, with the COVID-19 situation, are teams taking into consideration for their draft strategy that there might not be a 2020 season? Does that mean the draft order in 2021 will revert back to 2020 uh, unless trades? And what would our draft strategy uh, look like going forward? That's an interesting question and a complicated question. I would say this. Uh, the NFL is going to have the luxury of Major League Baseball trying to start their season uh, over the course of the summer. And, and the NFL being five months away, I don't know. I, I highly doubt we'll see a season that looks like what we're used to the season looking like as far as fans in the stands and so on and so forth. But if they're able to get the testing procedure stable and they're able to find some treatment options, I have a very hard time picturing the NFL with its billions of dollars in television dollars on the line and their willingness to, to kind of steamroll through free agency and the NFL draft amid like the origins of the COVID-19 situation. I have a hard time seeing the league punting altogether. And the league will have the luxury of, you know, pending a vaccine specifically. Well, that timeline, if you go 12 months, you're looking at possibly January of next year. It would be 12 months from the, the first outbreak uh, stateside, late January. So 
I think we're going to have a season. It's, I think it's too soon to speculate on some of the other uh, domino effects that may come if there is no season, but for the time being, I would say I'm expecting we will have a season in some capacity. If we find out that that's not the case, we can revisit what teams did and did not do well in the 2020 draft and what the draft strategy in 2021 will look like. If you're like me, you're probably starting to think about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or opening the door. Given what's going on in the world, they've created non-contact deliveries so that when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates Pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. So listen up. You guys need to be supporting your neighborhood spots right now. I've only been ordering local because it's a great way to support my community in these uncertain times. And Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up almost everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off right outside my door. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNFL. That's code LOCKEDONNFL for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Uh, Kyle Smith wants to know how much I would pay to get my hands on the Dolphins big board. I would do unspeakable acts to get my hands specifically on the Dolphins draft board because I, I feel like I have a pretty good vibe on the qualities that I want, but there's always the behind-the-curtain-closed-door stuff that you don't have access to. Uh, Taylor with a good question. Where would Christian Wilkins rank in this year's defensive line class? Christian Wilkins would be IDL2 for me personally behind Derek Brown. Uh, I think he's... You start to see the light bulb come on for Christian Wilkins in the second half of the year. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a very good p- football player and a linchpin in the front seven for a long time for the Dolphins. Uh, Sean Lynch, if the Dolphins take QB at five, say the Houston Texans are the worst team in the NFL coming out this year, I would take Lawrence. If the QB sits all year, what trade compensation compensation do you think they would be able to trade for the QB we take at five? Okay, so in this hypothetical, pretend the Dolphins draft Tua at five. He sits the entire year, red shirts the entire year. Texans stink. Texans get first overall pick. We have first overall pick, and we're in a position to draft Trevor Lawrence. I agree with you, and I probably would... I'd be asking for multiple twos, to be honest with you. And if I'm not getting multiple twos, I'm going to let those guys go into training camp battle it out, let the best man win, feel comfortable and confident in my decision, and then I'll flip them, uh, flip the loser of that competition for a one next year and hopefully some change. But if you get the investment and he doesn't play, and it's like, well, we just got dumb luck that Houston mutinied or had a mutiny against Bill O'Brien. Great for us, but at the same time, like that doesn't diminish the value of this other guy. We're just you're when you hear people talk about generational prospects trevor lawrence is legitimately a generational prospect i said it 
last offseason, so around this time last year. I said, you you could tell me I could sign up to go 1-31, and and if it led to Trevor Lawrence at the end of the rainbow, I'd find peace with it. I still believe that. That's not going to happen for Miami. They won five games last year. But if you told me I'd win one game over two seasons, but it got me Trevor Lawrence, I think he's that good. He is a prodigy. So yes, if the Dolphins were to somehow luck into the number one overall pick next year, I don't think we should do what we did last year and put all our eggs in the next year's quarterback class because all of a sudden you win just enough games, you're out of the strike zone, and lo and behold, Cincinnati's not going to trade out a one for Joe Burrow, and the guy that you fell in love with has dislocated him. Like, don't go all in on next year's draft class. Make your investments for the here and now, but set yourself up to have those these potential decisions in the future. Uh, Cliffy Mack wants to know, injuries aside, what are some of the traits in Tua's game that you don't like? Holds the ball a little too long in the pocket. Uh, I'd like to see him be more willing to take check downs quicker. He's so big play oriented and big play minded that it puts him at risk to take extra hits. I think he needs to protect his body a little bit better. Um, he's got really good pocket presence, but when he's keeping his eyes downfield, he kind of lets his he exposes himself to big hits. So more checkdowns, ball out of his hands quicker. That's why he's so good in the RPO stuff because it's just read it and zip it versus when you've got to ask him to hold the ball for, for deeper concepts down the field, he can slide a maneuver really well within the pocket, but if he slides and it's still not there, and he's like, all right, I just need a little extra half second, a little extra half second. Those are where he takes the huge shots, and that's where you can run the risk of wearing him down. Huh. Uh, Jay Metchie wants to know, when will they announce Miami Trades up for the number one overall pick? Uh, right now, breaking news. Just kidding. Probably not going to happen. But we could all think and wish and hope. Derek Brewer, I've heard on the other Locked On podcast that Tyler Beattis is going to be one of the biggest steals in the draft. Who are your choices for some of the biggest steals in the draft? Um, listen, Tyler Beattis is a good football player, but over the last two years he's had a hip injury and a shoulder injury, both of which are significant uh, he experienced big setback with the hip as far as his play on the field this year after recovering from the hip injury and then played through a shoulder injury as well that was like structural labor issue in his shoulder. So he had amazing tape in 2017 and 2018, but I don't think he's somebody who we should be targeting for Miami unless you get to like the fifth round. And it's like the JHI scenario, right? And that's how JHI ended up in the fifth round. <laughs> because he had the knee issues with the ACL injuries, and, and eventually his body wore out. And shortly after he rushed for 1,200 yards for Miami, like he's out of the league. So uh, Sandro wants to know, if I'm Miami's GM, and this is my draft, explain to fans why you took this approach. Are you bril brilliant or just dumb? He had two at five, Jordan Love at 18, Josh Jones at 26, Lucas Nyang at 39. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 56, and Matt Hennessy at 50. Uh, the double dip on the quarterback, you are a bold man. You are really intent on overkill, which I respect, but at the same time, two top 20 picks on quarterbacks is impossible to sell. And what message does that send each of your quarterbacks? You know, I, I understand, you know, you want cream to rise to the top in competition, but, like, what does it say to Tua that you draft 
Jordan Love at 18 to say, yeah, you're our guy, but we also took another top 20 pick. It could foster some mental toughness, but it could also foster uh, some instability. So I would pass on this concept. Uh, egregious Philbin. <laughs> Call me Keanu Reeves because this question is all about speed. Parker and Williams are thick on the boundary, but we need some cheap electricity in the slot. Hamler, Hamler or LaVisca Chanel at 56 to pair with the super accurate Tua. Are you Sandra Bullock or Dennis Hopper on this idea? First of all, please send me more questions with movie references rolled into them. This is excellent. Uh, I guess I'm Sandra Bullock here because I'm along for the ride. Um, I think K.J. Hamler is an excellent idea to take the Albert Wilson spot in Miami's offense. Electric from the slot, blazing fast, 4-2-something speed. Hands are a little shaky. He's thinner than uh, Albert Wilson is, but Albert's also super expensive and has struggled with durability over the course of the last two seasons and, and honestly is entire NFL career. So I'm in on this idea. Uh, Andrew Outwater, true or false, Dolphins will pick twice in the top 10. Right now I'm, I'm going to buy this. I don't think Miami's going to trade up to get like OT4. If Miami's going to move, Miami's probably going to move to position to get, I would probably lean either Nikai Beckton, Andrew Thomas. I, I'll lean Andrew Thomas now because Makai Becton had the, the drug test issue, and I know Miami didn't have a problem with that with Laramie Tunsil, but uh, Andrew Thomas is a really safe, clean prospect, especially if they're going to roll the dice on Tua. Then you, you want somebody you feel really good. Martin is a monster with this next question. Did you ever bare-ass a toilet? <laughs> I'll keep this brief, but if I go to, like, back when... LA Fitness in my area was still open and I was going to LA Fitness. If I'm there like the 5 a.m. time slot and I go in there and I see very clearly that the bathrooms have just been cleaned and like the seats propped up when you go in there, I won't be hesitant. But generally speaking, we're going to keep this on track and I'm not going to go into too much detail about bathroom habits. Uh, Dolphins, Argentina. Dolphins make plus or minus 10.5 picks in the upcoming draft. I'll take the over here. I think Miami's still very keyed in on volume. I think they should be keyed in on volume, bringing in uh, as many uh, talented pieces as possible, as much competition as possible. That's what this roster was built on and the foundation was set on in 2019. I think they'll see that, but they want the talent level better across the board. So you need volume and high picks to do that. Uh, Jake, with a good question, which pick in the draft simulator for the Dolphins do you always get to and just don't love any of the options? 18. 18's that spot where it's like, man, like none of the big three receivers fell. Man, none of the big, all four, four, the big four offensive tackles failed. Three quarters of the time, man, Caleb on Chason's off the board. It's like your best options are like Grant Delpit, Josh Jones, and like I like Grant Delpit, and I I would respect the hell out of that pick if it came, and I would get it. But I think based on his stock and the perception of him in the public space, you should be able to get him later. So why take him at eighteen? So it's like I'm not taking a running back here. I'm going to take OT five, 
It's a bunch of players that I don't really love as far as need. Second-tier wide receivers. It's a tough spot. That's why I'm, I'm very excited to hear uh, that the Dolphins are interested in getting up from 18 and moving up in the draft. Uh, to a season at tanked for Tua. Bless you, sir. I hope this week works out well for you. Uh, should Dolphins consider trading picks for either Jamal Adams, Yannick Ngakwe, or Leonard Fournette? Leonard Fournette, no. I think he's he, you're going to pay him $12 million over the course of the next two seasons, and he's going to want a big contract after that, and he's super overkill versus what Jordan Howard gives you, in my opinion. Same style runner, downhill, physical, compact, not naturally dynamic in the pass game. I know Fournette caught like 70 balls this year and averaged like six yards per target. He's targeted like 100 times in the pass game. Yannick, I would, but the money seems to suggest Miami's not interested in doing that. Jamal Adams, I would offer 18 in a heartbeat for Jamal Adams. He's a better football player than you're going to pick at 18. And then you could go second tier of offensive tackles at 26, whether it's Austin Jackson or Ezra Cleveland. And like, I wouldn't love that, but... You're telling me we're getting Jamal Adams out of it? I'll find a way to be just fine if the Dolphins could somehow parlay Minka Fitzpatrick directly into a one-for-one swap for Jamal Adams. Jets will never do that for us, though. Hate the Jets. Uh, Okay, Jimbo. How should we expect Yaseki to be used in Chan Gailey's offense? Big slot. Expect to see a lot of him as a slot receiver. A guy who is flexed out running vertical up the seam. And uh, not a lot of time with his hand in the dirt, which is good, because that would be a counterproductive use of his skill set. So expect to see seam breaker um, detached from the set, getting vertical, would be my expectations for Mike Isecki. That's going to put a bow in it for us here on Locked On Dolphins today. You guys brought the heat, did a great job. Uh, We talked about a vast array of topics, including current Dolphins, prospective Dolphins, future draft strategies, uh, public bathrooms. Props to you guys. Uh, I am looking forward to tomorrow's show, uh, our final show before the 2020 NFL Drafts. First day is upon us. It is Draft Eve Eve. I am thrilled to be here this week with all of you as we get ready for the monumental decisions the Dolphins are going to be making over the course of the next five, six days. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.